0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. All right, get your Bibles out, get ready. We are are technically doing a series these next three weeks. I call it my go messages, G standing for generosity, O standing for opportunity, and then G plus O equals D, God, but I didn't wanna call them my God messages. I thought that was kind of weird, but uh, so we're gonna have three weeks of generosity, opportunity equals destiny, and so the generosity message obviously is today, and I wanna just let you know that. I'm I'm doing the message after all the offering was taken up, so I'm not trying to, you know, sometimes you think you're trying to create a moment, there, but we're doing, you've already given perhaps, and we're doing the message afterwards, and it's not really about money per se, although that is an aspect of generosity. It's just a spirit, a heart attitude, right? That's really what it is. More than just your dollars, it's about your time, your serving, your kindness, your love. It's all those things coming together from a generous spirit. And I believe that's what marks Tree of Life Church. I believe that's what marks the, should mark followers of Jesus. That is what marks God. Uh, he has a life of generosity. He is a generous God, and we're thankful for it. We're on the receiving end of that. And so generosity is not about what, how much you have or what you have. It's about the spirit by which you operate in with what you have. What do you do with what you have? And so, uh, you know, we had a time, and I don't want to say this because typically, in these messages, which I do every year, I'll give you a whole bunch of things that your generosity enabled us to do the previous year. So in 2021, there was amazing things that Tree Life Church was able to do because of the generosity of the people that God brought us here and others, uh, brought here and others. But on December 26th, I don't know if you were here with us then, but December 26th, I did a message at the end of the year and it pretty much just recapped the year. And so I would encourage you to go back and look in in the archives there online, December 26th, where my wife and I, we spent the message message time, talking about all the amazing things, the lives that have been changed, the amount of people we were able to distribute food to, the activities, uh, missions, activities, even local outreaches we were able to do through the generosity of all of you. And so I didn't want to get into that today. I felt God just put something different in my heart for this morning. So I want you to lock in and open up your Bibles to uh, Psalms uh, 24, one, for me. We're going to start right here. And uh, I want to share the generosity message of your heart today, or for your heart today. And then next week, we'll have a little bit more vision casting. It'll be opportunity. What is God speaking? To tree of life. These are, these are messages you want to be, if, you're, if, you're, if this is home for you, you want to be locked in these couple weeks because you'll get not only what we've been doing, but what we're going to be doing, vision. And then if you have friends that are just trying to check out a church, see where maybe they'll want to land, this is, these are good messages for them to hear at the heart of the house since they're contemplating where God would have them. Psalms 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to God. Who are we? To say anything is actually mine. And really, the reality is anything that you have, anything that you were able to obtain or get through your skills, your talents, your wisdom, whatever, that all comes from God everything. Who gave you that idea? Who gave you that ability? Who gave you that opportunity? All that comes from God. Everything is God's. And we're simply stewards on the planet. So even when we take up tithes and offerings, if you will, and that's not a message for tithes and offerings today. So relax. No, I'm just kidding. It's not a message on that. Um, it's returning something to God, not giving something to God. Because giving something, then if I'm going to give it to God, denotes that I own it and I'm going to give it to him. Actually, he owns it and we return it back unto him. Amen. And so that's the attitude by which we need to operate and live by because it is the Bible, what the Bible says. And it reflects the generosity of God because when you look at that scripture, everything in the earth is God's and everything in it is, belongs to him. But he gave charge over it to you and I. How generous is that about God? He gave us the ability to manage it. And so a very generous God. Uh, we know, uh, let me give you another scripture there. It's not in your notes, but John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have life everlasting. Everlasting. That is a generous God. How generous is God, amen, giving that to us? And then Romans 8.32 says, "'He who did not spare his own son "'but gave him up for us all, "'how will he not also along with him "'graciously give us all things?' God is a generous God. Generosity is his nature. He is generous in his grace. He is generous in his forgiveness. He is generous in his mercy. He is generous in his provision. He's generous in his healing. He is a generous God. That is God's nature. That's my point, amen? The nature of God is generosity. God has a nature of generosity. My question today is, are you like God? Are you enough like God to be generous? I mean, we all serve God and we all love God and stuff, but what marks our life in relation to God is our generosity. I mean, you might think, well, I know that's the nature of God, but I don't know that that's my nature. <laughs> you know, it's not necessary. Generosity is not necessarily my nature. It is God's nature. Well, I beg to differ with you this morning. Ephesians four twenty four, New Living Translation says this. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. If Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, you got a new nature like God's. So everybody that's called upon Jesus and their life has been changed forever, you now have a nature of generosity because it is the nature of God. And the reality is the enemy fights so hard for you and I not to walk in our new nature. And so that's where our struggle is. And so we have then the uh, propensity, the ability then, maybe the leaning, the guiding to be like God with a nature of generosity, but there's so many things overwhelm us in the world, and it attacks really our ability then to be generous, and I think that's a, really a plan of the enemy in coming at us that way. Uh, there's, there's a nature of generosity, and there's also a gift of generosity, and many of you not only have the nature of generosity, you have the gift of generosity, we won't get into that today, but many of you operate beyond that. And let's look at this, Proverbs eleven twenty three: The desire of the righteous ends only in good. The desire of the righteous, not the means, so it's not based on what you have and what you don't have or how much. Come on, it's not based on your wallet. Generosity is not, it's a desire of the righteous. It's not based on our means, but a desire that ends in good, but the hope of the wicked only end in wrath. So the desire of the righteous, not their means, ends in good. Proverbs 11:24, we're in a kind of a passage right now. One person gives freely yet gains even more, another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. Is that not counterculture thinking? When you have the nature of God and you give freely, you receive freely. If you go against that nature and hold on, like the world says, because the world does not have a nature of generosity, then we find ourselves in a different place. It says this in verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. A generous person will prosper. Not a hanger on a or hoarder, right? It's a generous person, which is again, counterculture, but the word says a generous pers- person will prosper. It goes on to say this in verse 26, People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who's willing to sell. People curse the one one who holds on, but blesses the one that freely releases and makes available. Uh, Verse 27, Proverbs 11, whoever seeks good finds favor. Listen, whoever seeks good finds favor. It's not whoever seeks favor. Evil comes to the one who seeks favor. Favor comes to the one who seeks good or seeks to do good. I just, I just need, I need a little bit more advantage in my life. I need, I need a, you know, some favor coming my way. I'm just going to do things that, that bring me favor. No, you do things that are good, and the favor is a result of that. If you pursue anything else, the Bible says it brings evil your way. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to the one who searches for it. Generosity doesn't start with dollars. It's really an attitude you have in your heart. And I want to stir that up in you today. And I stand before you saying, you are such a generous church. Just in no way is trying to get you to do or respond to anything. I am so grateful and thankful for the generosity and the generous spirit here at this church. Uh, I want to continue to encourage us to walk in generosity and stir that up, what God has for us, stir up that generosity. When it comes uh, in your heart and comes out of your heart, then God can do anything. Um, A generous person will prosper. You don't have to be a prosperous person to be generous. That was better than your response. I'm telling you, I'm like, wow, that was awesome. That was so good. I'm, sometimes I just need to amen myself, I think. That's what it is, right? <laughs> In faith. <laughs> a generous person will prosper. You don't have to be a prosperous person to be generous. And that's a fallacy, uh, a lie that we think. When I, when I have this much, I'll give. When, I, when, I, when I'm at this certain place, I'll serve. When I have this, I'll do this and respond in this way. And it's really a hard attitude. It has nothing to do necessarily with what you have prosperity-wise, but your generosity will lead you to that. Uh, it's so much more about what you do with what you have. So I want to take a look. I mean, just set that up, just the nature of God, the generosity of God's people and, and the result of that. I just wanted to kind of set that up for you. I want to take a look at a passage of Scripture it's one of my favorites. I've taught this before. I was going through again and studying for today, and I've read this passage of scripture many times, but I see it I saw it through a different light based on what I felt God wanted to share today. So turn with me to Second Kings four. 2 Kings 4, I love this passage of Scripture. There's an amazing woman here called a Shunammite woman here, and she has such a, a, a generous spirit. And we don't typically look at this aspect of generosity in this passage of Scripture, but we're going to look at it today and perhaps even next week. But 2 Kings 4, 8 through 14, let me read that for you. And I'm going to read it from the King James Version because there's a few words in there I like the wording of, and probably most of you don't have that translation with you, but I'm going to read it from the King James Version. It's in your live notes, but let me start. And it fell on a day that Elisha the prophet passed to Shunem where there was a great, hold on that word, great. There was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread. There was a great woman. Another translation might say a well-to-do. Another might say a wealthy. And it is speaking in a sense to what she has. She is a woman of means. She is a woman of substance. And I don't believe it's just speaking then to her, her, her um Prosperity as much as to her mentality or her spirit or her life. So I want you to hold on to that picture right there. And what it says is she, um, p- the prophet was passing by and she wanted to have him in to have bread. So it, it was, so, no, let's go back. Go back. So it was that as oft as he passed by, He turned in thither to eat bread. That's always the risk in reading the King James, right? He turned in thither to reach, and I gotta have a drink of water, to eat bread. Now listen to this. What's happening in this moment? Here's this woman that is now responding in generosity. Here's an act of generosity. She's providing a meal for the prophet of God or for the man of God. All of a sudden, she decides out of her generous spirit that she is going to have him over for dinner or have him stop and eat, a very important, in fact, the very most important principle perhaps I can give you today is that is very important when it comes to prosperity or generosity, it's very important to have the man of God over to eat. I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's in the Bible. It's right there in Scripture, I'm just telling you. Obviously, it will change your life forever. (laughs) So uh, verse 9, let's move on quickly. (laughs) Verse 9. And she said to her husband, behold now, now listen, she's been inviting him in over time for dinner. Every time he passes by, I wanna serve you a meal. I wanna do something for you. And she uh, said to her husband, now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. After she's been having him over for dinner for time, now she perceives this is a man of God. In other words, if I could say it this way, generosity enables you to tune in the voice or spirit of God in a greater measure that you can perceive what is of God and what is not of God. Come on somebody. So generosity enables you and I, why? Because it's a heart issue, not a money issue. Because it's a heart issue, the more you operate out of your heart to be like God in your nature, then you just have the opportunity then to tune in or to perceive what is of God and what is not of God. Sometimes we don't know what's of God and what's not of God because we're not people of generosity. But the Bible's very clear. Generosity is a heart issue. What are we doing every time we're generous? We're acting and flowing out of our heart. We're we're cultivating that out of our heart. And it gives you and I a greater ability to receive what is of God and what is not of God. And so now, all of a sudden, she's spending this time through generosity, connecting with the man of God, who is God's representation on the planet here in the Old Testament, and she's perceiving what is of God. So an act of, acts of generosity had enabled her to be more sensitive to the things of God. You begin with small acts of generosity. You begin with small... Generosity doesn't have to be this major big thing. It's a small act. It was, it was simply a meal over time, It enabled her to perceive what is of God, what is not of God. And things began to come to her in a greater measure. He passed by us continually. There's things passing by us all the time, decisions we're making every single day that we're wondering, is this of God and what is this not of God? And I will tell you that generosity will position you to hear his voice more clearly. Generosity apparently helps you perceive what is of God, what is not of God. People and priorities, it's because it's a heart issue. Verse 10, let us make, so she tells her husband, I perceive this is a man of God. Let us make a little chamber. Let's build a room on, I pray thee, on the wall, kind of on the roof there, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick. And that shall be when he comes to us that he will turn in thither. It started with a simple, small act of generosity that anybody can do. Let's just have him in for some bread. Just have him for a meal. And over time, it began to create this greater sense of generosity. She began to perceive more what is of God, not of God. She turns to her husband and says, I perceive this is a man of God. Which he turned her hand and said, Really? <laughs> right? <laughs> just trust me, dear, right? Okay. And so, so she was listening to the Spirit of God. So that generosity led her to a greater response of generosity. Come on, somebody. And enabled her moved her on to be even more generous, to be even more generous. And so they built a room on. They provided a place for him to come. They took another step in generosity. And now he's not just coming over for dinner. He's staying there. And I want to say this to you. You can have me over for dinner, and depending on what I eat and how much. I may lay down for a little bit, but I'm not staying the night. This <laughs> just weird. Builds the room. And now he's staying there. Generosity, acts of Generosity. Perceive there's something more God wants to do here, Continue to take the next step of generosity. Her generosity grew, and then she enjoyed, they began to enjoy the return on that. Come on. They began to enjoy the return on that. What did that mean? Well, if a man of God, or the presence of God there now, he has come and he is staying with them. Come on. Generosity created an environment for the presence of God to come and stay and dwell and linger. To stay and be with you. Can I say it this way? The the spirit of God came in to lay down and take a nap in their house. Come on, how many know that would be a good thing? God, I got a place right here for you. Can you come in and spend some time here? Come spend some time here. What created that moment? Generosity created a bed for God to come and rest in their house. Generosity created a place where God would come and dwell with his people and spend time with them. Generosity did that. I just think that just blows my mind that generosity creates these moments for God to come. And 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 let me say it this way. He's laying in her generosity. he's, He's at peace and resting in her generosity. That's amazing to me. I love that idea. I'm chasing God and I'm pursuing God. But listen, if I will just be a generous person out of my heart, God comes to spend time with me. He makes time for me. Because of the generosity in my heart that I, that I do, I create places and moments where God can come and rest in our generosity. His presence is resting there. Her generosity created room for him to dwell there. Much like worship, God inhabits the praises of his people. Well, apparently God rests in the generosity of his people too. So they were positioned then for the presence of God to dwell there. Let's keep going to verse 12. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite, call this lady, and when he called her, she stood before him. Verse 13 says this. And he, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us, or has taken good care of us. You've done all this for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? I love that. Wouldst thou be spoken for the king to the king or to the captain of the host? You want me to do something? What can I do? Get the picture here. This Shunammite woman started with just providing a meal. Being generous, a meal, a meal, a meal, a meal turned in. I perceive that God wants to do something more here. I perceive that that God is is moving and and working here. And so she goes to another step of generosity. Now God is resting there, the presence of God, if you will, is resting there. And because she's taking care of God through generosity, or the things of God through her generosity, she's created an environment for the presence of God. And now all of a sudden, God comes to have a conversation with her. Well, you've done all this for me. What can I do for you? Are you getting the picture here? Maybe I'm not presenting it well. But listen, your generosity, your acts of generosity create a place for God to come rest where God then will turn, you've done so much for me. What can I do for you? But you know, here's the thing. She didn't try and do it to get anything. She didn't say, husband, I perceive this is a man of God and if we will take good care of him, I will guarantee you he's gonna take good care of us. Well, we already saw in the scripture, she was great. She was well-to-do. She wasn't doing to get. She wasn't doing to try and get anything. She wasn't trying to negotiate with God. She wasn't trying to get God to owe anything. You know, you know what I'm talking about? She, wasn't doing, she was just acting out of generosity out of her heart. And it created a place for the presence of God to come and rest. And apparently, when you create a place for the, an environment for the presence of God to come and rest in your generosity, he begins to think about you. Because what was he doing laying in that bed? He was thinking about her. He was thinking about her. What was he thinking? What can I do for her? What does she need? I don't know. She hasn't come and asked for anything. Well, what does she need? And, and I just, I hope we get this picture. Generosity creates an environment for God to come and lay down in our generosity, if you will. And if he's resting in our generosity, what is he doing? He's thinking about us and thinking about then how can I respond to their generosity? Wasn't anything she saw we think sometimes generosity is about, just about blessing someone, but I want you to know what Pastor Cody said up here, there's another aspect, another side of generosity where then God begins to see how he can bless you when you're trying to bless others. God sees how he can bless you. If she hadn't fed him, she wouldn't have built the room. If she hadn't built the room, he wouldn't have been laying in the bed. If he wouldn't have been laying in the bed, he wouldn't have thought this way about her. He, you, you, gave, you gave all, he said. You went to all this trouble for me, Now what can I do for you? In other words, he's saying, I cannot allow you to be so generous to me and me not to give something back. I've gotta give something back to you. So the one representing God says, you've done all this, I've got to give something back. And so he approached her, she didn't approach him. Let me say this, something powerful happens right here in this moment, I want you to get it. She was taking care of him, now he's asking to take care of her. This is where generosity turns to reciprocity. and know that's a weird big word and I hope I gave that to him in my notes, but yeah, there we go. Goes from generosity, because I don't know if I can spell that for you or whatever, but goes from generosity to reciprocity. And that, that's a weird, now, now one thing, yeah, a couple of reasons why I chose that word reciprocity. Number one, I wanted to impress you with my great word knowledge. <laughs> and number two, it rhymes obviously with generosity. <clears throat> but what it literally means is to be reciprocated. So God reciprocates your generosity. Come on. It's a cycle of blessing. I mean, we can say it's sowing and reaping. We can say it's seed time and harvest time. And you see it all throughout Scripture. It's all throughout Scripture. This world spiritually and naturally operates on a seed time, harvest time, and operates, therefore, on a cycle of generosity and reciprocity. God responds. He reciprocates, and we need to as well. And it's a cycle of blessing, if you will. You are in this cycle of blessing when you're operating in generosity Because reciprocity means the practice of exchanging things for mutual benefit. To reciprocate means to respond to a gesture or action by one. And the prophet says, I can't experience your generosity and not give you that word right there. See, I was like, (laughs) why did I choose that word? Now I'm wondering. It sounds good, but now I'm wondering because I have to say it over and over again. It's a cycle. Your generosity over time escalates and there comes a day of reciprocity. So you didn't do it for anything. You didn't do it to get anything. But are you seeing, the getting the picture here, but God wants to do that for you. He wants to respond that way to you. You're giving, you're giving to God and you're giving time and things to God and God wants to give something back. The, the representation of God is laying on the bed she built for him with her generosity and he's thinking, how can I be a blessing to her? God rests in your generosity. And when God rests in your generosity, it puts you on his mind. And then generosity leads to reciprocity what can I do for you? How does that look today then? So, okay, so how does that look today? Well, when we look in the scripture, when we look at Matthew 25, 40, let me give you a little bit leading up to 40. How does that look today? In Matthew 25, <clears throat> Jesus says, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. When I was sick, you looked after me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And Jesus said this, the king will then reply, I truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. What does that look like today? It looks like your acts of generosity to other people. That's, doing it. That's what is that doing? That's creating an environment for God to come and rest. When you gave to that food distribution, you created an environment to come and rest in your generosity. When you give to the Ukraine, you're creating an environment for God to come and rest in your generosity. When you serve over in the kids ministry, you're creating an environment for you to God, come and rest in your generosity. And he doesn't come just to rest in your generosity and then he starts thinking about you and then he responds with reciprocity. And it's your acts of kindness. It's your acts of buying someone a meal out at the restaurant, picking up their check. It's when you go to the grocery store and somebody in the line behind you or in front of you or across from you and it's just, you just got to put it on your heart to go buy their groceries. Those are things of acts of generosity that creates an environment for God to come and dwell in your generosity. And Jesus says, when you've done it unto them, you've done it to me. And what's that mean? Then God is resting in your generosity. He's thinking, how can I respond? How can I reciprocate that? I love that picture. Matthew 20, 21, 19. let's take another aspect the other side of this, seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up, Jesus went up to it, found nothing on it except leaves. He was hungry. And he, then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately a tree withered. And, and I've studied this a lot. And, and then he goes on to teach about faith. But I believe what is he talking about here? Why was he frustrated? He was hungry. And here's a fig tree that is taking uh, nutrients from the soil, that's receiving the sun that it needs, that's receiving the water that it need, but it's not responding by giving anything back. Come on, somebody. It's receiving everything it needs, but it's not responding by giving anything back. It's It's receiving the generosity, but it's not responding in reciprocity. And therefore Jesus says, well, there's no need for you. That's kind of a hard statement, isn't it? So I'm going to move on right now. But Genesis 1, 11 through 12. <laughs> then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds. That was so, first twelve, The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it. And God saw that was good. So from the very beginning, this earth was set up with a cycle of blessing. Generosity leads to reciprocity. And so when we live our lives, we need to find ourselves in that cycle of blessing. And typically, if we're not finding those things happening in our life, we need to check the cycle in our life. Because the word says very clearly in the story, and we'll finish the story in just a second, that generosity leads to reciprocity. That God comes to rest in your generosity. You created a place for him to lay down. And when he's there, he's thinking about you because you've done all this. What can he then do for you? Elisha laying in her bed, eating her food, and he says, I can't let this be one-sided. It's not whether she needed it or not. It's not whether she cared or not. It's not whether she did it for this or not. It's not what it cost her, what it didn't cost her. It's I cannot lay here and be blessed by her generosity and rest in it and not respond 2 Kings 4 13. So they were trying to figure out how can we bless this lady? She really doesn't have need of anything. So here's what the servant says. He said, Say now unto her. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful with us. What is it to be done for thee? What Can I speak to the king for you? Uh, the captain of the host. And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I, and basically, what she says, I got everything I need. I dwell upon my own people. I'm good. I've I've obtained everything I need to obtain with my own strength, my own ability. I'm comfortable. I I, I have others taking care of me. Now remember in verse eight, it says that she was a great woman speaking to the substance that she had. She's basically saying, I really don't have need of anything. I've, I've, I've gotten everything I can get with my natural ability. Verse 14 says this. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi, his servant, answered, verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. She has a need that money can't buy. She has a need that she could not obtain on her own. She has a need those around her couldn't provide for her. She's already obtained and achieved everything in the natural she could obtain and achieve. But God wants to go beyond the natural into the supernatural when bringing something to your life. She has a need she's not expressing. Maybe she's given up on it, but God knows it. Her circumstances, her, husband, her husband's old and it's very unlikely. She's exhausted what she can get through the element she's in. So God comes and provides her through reciprocity, provision beyond her current environment. Come on, somebody. She's already got everything she can get and the natural, but God can bring beyond that. So he comes in and he wants to go beyond what she has the ability to obtain for herself. And she thought Elisha was in her life to bless him, but God gave her the opportunity through generosity to experience his blessing So verse 15 and 16, and he said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace his son. And she said, hey, don't tease me. I've been wanting this for a long time, thou man of God. Do not lie unto thy handmaiden. She never believed that while all the other things were working against her, that through her generosity, God would respond with reciprocity. When everything else looked like in the natural, that was impossible she never dreamed that God could do the impossible through her generosity. She may have been asking, she may have been praying. We don't know, it doesn't say that. We know she's childless and wants a child. And then so God is gonna come beyond that, beyond her natural environment and the natural circumstances and do something in her life she probably never dreamed was possible. Just being generous opened the door that God could change her life. Now keep in mind, it's, a, it's not about the size of her gift, but the attitude of her heart. Giving is a heart issue and that's why the enemy works so hard to mess with you on your giving. That this woman, this woman has a son and the son at about the age 12 gets sick and dies, 10 or 12, gets sick and dies, dies in the arms of the father. So she gets her son, the Bible says, she takes him into the bed where the prophet laid that was created through generosity and she lays her dead son in that bed. This woman has laid her son in the prophet's bed and goes riding to meet the prophet. Now understand this, her promise is now laying in the prophet's bed. Had she not been generous, had she not fed him, had she not built the room, there would have been no place to lay her dreams, her future. And so she finds the prophet and they go to the room where the boy is laid in the prophet's bed and the prophet lays on the boy and the boy is raised to life. Now, listen, I want you to get this. Please hear me. Her generosity built the very place where her promise, her hopes, her dreams, her future was brought back to life. Her generosity built the place where her dreams and hope came alive again. You have no idea. We have no idea what our generosity is building for our future. But God sees a need beyond her natural circumstances, ability to meet it, and He comes and He brings that, and now all of a sudden her promise, her hope, her future is dead and gone, her dreams are gone. And in that moment, because of her generosity, years before she even ever thought she would have a child, she created a place for God's Spirit to come and dwell, His presence of power to come and dwell through her generosity, not knowing down the road she'd have to come lay her hopes and dreams in that place, and they would be brought back to life again because of the presence and power of God. You don't know what you're building. You don't know what you're building. Your one act of generosity is helping build something for your future you don't even have an idea about right now. But if you build it, the promise of God is he will reciprocate blessing back unto you. And it may be now, it may be later. But God is a God of reciprocity. He'll owe no man anything. Her generosity years before created the environment where her children could live again, where her dreams could live again, where her hope could live again, where her future could live again. Generosity will build the environment where our families will live in hard times, where our marriages can live again. Generosity will build the environment where our hopes and dreams can live again. Generosity will build the environment where the next generation can live again and thrive no matter what. No matter what's happening in the future, we're building environments today with our generosity that no matter what the world looks like then can come and find new life, and new beginnings and come alive again. It may be times when we're not even on the planet anymore, but our generosity will live beyond our life. And then generations to come, our generosity, can I say it this way? And, really, and I didn't want to get airing necessarily. The things our generosity today, maybe the things that resurrect hopes and dreams in the Ukraine may rescue a whole generation. That experiencing the horror of what life has for them today, but we're building something here that not only for our families, but maybe their families can come and find a place where they can dream again, they can live again, they can have a future again. But it's our generosity today that will build the environment for their tomorrows, no matter what's happening in life. You don't even know, you don't even know it when you're just providing. When you're just providing bread or you're providing a bed, let's just say it that way because the analogy. You thought you were feeding a family maybe. You thought you were helping a family in the Ukraine. You thought you were building a playground that we want to build. You thought that you were buying a meal for somebody at the restaurant. You thought that you were sending somebody to camp or sending somebody to Mexico. You thought you were buying shoes for India. You thought you were buying a Christmas ornament for Three Kings Day. You thought that all the while you were making room where the presence and power of God could dwell. and that one day your children and your family and your grandchildren and the next generation can find life again, can find hope again, can find love again, can find peace again, can find healing again, can find freedom again. Oh God, that we would be a generous people that this would be a generous church. May our generosity make room, Father God, for the next generation. May our generosity, Father God, create a place where your spirit comes to dwell here, where your presence and your power dwell here. May our generosity make this a place where you can come and breathe here. May this be a place where dreams can live again. May this be a place where... Marriages can come alive again. May this be a place where families can come alive again. May this be a place where miracles, signs, and wonders can live. May this be a place where people find freedom, peace, and healing, and hope. Generations will be impacted through our generosity in Jesus' name. And life will come. Dead things will come alive again in Jesus' name. Through our generosity. Through our generosity. The power is, power was not in the room and certainly not in the bed. The power is in the generous spirit of God's people. That's where the power is. We can all be generous because it's not about the wallet. It's about the heart. It's in the giving. It's in the praying. It's in the serving. It's in the loving. It's in the smiles. It's in the hug. It's in the laughter. It's in the kindness. What is God saying to you today? What is God saying to us today? Stir up the gift. Stir up the spirit of generosity. Stir up the nature of generosity inside you. So, so many of us, and i want to say this, and I, don't, I, don't, I hope this does not land hard, but so many of us don't have any place to lay the things that have been lost, dead, or dying because we've not been generous. So many of us don't have any place to lay our children or our grandchildren or the next generation because we've wrestled with generosity. See, we don't get reciprocity unless we sow generosity. It is a spiritual law. It is a natural law. And this is an opportunity today for us to check our heart, not our wallet. We're not taking up another offering. But to check our heart and see where we are with generosity. What do you have that God's given you that you can give back? That you can respond back to him? Generosity creates a place for God's presence and power to dwell. Generosity is our nature. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.